0: Welcome to Nets Talk Now, Driving Change, a podcast brought to you by the Network of Employers for Traffic Safety. Each month, we bring you engaging conversations with global road safety leaders and innovators so you too can work to advance road safety for everyone. Welcome to another podcast by the Network of Employers for Traffic Safety. I'm Susan gillies hip the Executive Director, and I'm so pleased to have with us today for this episode one of NET's platinum sponsor organizations, eDriving, a Solera company. Uh, eDriving has been on board with NET's for a number of years and has truly provided such valuable information, resources, and references for our NET's members. They are a company who helps organizations around the world reduce incidents, collisions, injuries, license violations, carbon emissions, and total cost of fleet ownership through its patented digital driver risk management programs. And at its heart, is the mentor by e-driving smartphone app that identifies risky driving behaviors for intervention and safe driving habits for recognition so if you are not familiar with e-driving I, I truly encourage you to go check out their website it's e and so with us today to talk about a subject that really has been very relevant um, recently and that we really need to be discussing with us is andrew bradley and i have to say i love this title and andrew e-driving's risk management guru is that's the that's the title they gave us the e-driving's risk management guru but also the former head of group risk services for nestle and ceo of intercona re so andrew bradley recently retired as head of group risk services for nestle and as ceo of interconary the group's reinsurance captive after 40 years in this role he implemented global insurance programs for the group and expanded the reinsurance captives premium volume sevenfold Interconaree was presented with the award of excellence in captive management from the world captive forum in 2015 In 2014, Aon presented Nestle with an Innovation Award for the Road Safety Program that Andrew helped implement, which included a Global Road Safety Committee, Gap Analysis, Holistic Driver Data, Coaching, and eDriving's Virtual Risk Manager Closed Loop Risk Reduction Program. Andrew was a member of both the Industry Insurance Panel, and M200, as well as Chair of the Global Road Safety Partnership, or GRSP. He's a regular speaker at the Federal Roads Maintenance Agency (Firma), SIRM, Insurance for Safety Ro- Safe Roads, and other industry events. So Andrew was presented with a Lifetime Achievement Award by Firma in 2018. So Andrew, very extensive background here, a lot of uh, experience that you're going to be able to share with us, particularly on this topic today, which the title of our podcast here is Demystifying ESG and its linkage to driver safety. So. Andrew, starting off here, just to give it some context, what what do you mean when you're talking about ESG? What exactly does that stand for and what does it encompass?
1: Well, thank you, Susan, for the magnificent uh, introduction. Um, ESG, it's one of those things that's banded around at the moment, and I don't think many people actually grasp what it is. It's kind of linked to sustainability, but these are the three elements underneath that link back into sustainability. Well, perhaps we should just go through the alphabet and kind of link this together. Rather childlike at school, E is for um, environment. And I think we all know about the environment and uh, the impact potentially of uh, fuel fuel consumption, etc. So I think to put this in simple terms, the E is environmental aspect which is fuel consumption and as most of us know if you uh, implement a road safety program typically you're reducing speed, reducing acceleration, uh, softer braking that typically uh, results in, a, in a energy saving, fuel saving and reduced CO2s. I think route planning would probably come in there as well uh, to, to link back to the environment. Uh, vehicle selection I know people are going to say, what about electric vehicles? Surely fossil fuels will all disappear, but perhaps eventually. But I think um, uh, fossil fuel vehicles will be around for some time to come. Perhaps they might disappear faster in in the the Western or or more developed countries. But I think in emerging or uh, uh, middle-income markets, they're going to be there for some time. So that's the environmental thing. Basically, it's the damage to the environment that we cause through vehicles. The S is social. And that can be pretty broad. Uh, I think in there we would include work injuries, uh, diversity, training, education, the link to um, labour. And I think health and wellness should probably come into that as well. And that's probably a topic we don't often talk about when we link to drivers, but especially professional drivers, professional drivers in the sense that they're doing that for a living. Do we really look after the well-being of our drivers sufficiently? That's
0: true, especially, you know, during COVID, everything going on, that is something that we really needed to be focusing on was the health and wellness of drivers, given everything that had changed in the world.
1: Yeah, and I think typically because of the work they do, perhaps drivers don't get the exercise that they need, uh, perhaps where they go to eat isn't that that good for their, their, their diet, there's, there's an awful lot, plus their mental wellness, it's a big topic at the moment, there's an awful lot we should probably focus on there. I don't think we have in the past so much, but perhaps in the future it's something that we, we need to do. It's not only for their own wellness, but uh, I mean it's for the well-being of, of, of society in general, because if they're tired or not motivated or sick, it's not really good for anybody. So now we get to the G, the G is really governance. So this is companies respecting the laws of the land, uh, being compliant with regulations, and also organising their business in such a way that the procedures they've got internally are followed. So it's really about the management of the company. So there really is your ESG, which all comes into under the umbrella of sustainability.
0: Yes, thank you for that, for sharing, because I'm sure a lot of our listeners are probably not familiar with that term ESG, but sustainability has been talked about quite a bit, and I think that's a very relevant topic, um, particularly, as you mentioned, the environmental impact here. And so I'm I'm curious, so now we've set the stage and and have shared what it is we're talking about, but explain a little from your point of view, why should companies be concerned about this?
1: If we do... Another bit of scene setting, I don't know whether everybody knows it. globally there are at least 1.4 million people killed on the roads annually, and this is probably a low-end estimation, because data is pretty poor, but I think that's probably another question later on to look at data. And there are absolutely millions of people that are injured on the road globally, and I mean globally, I'm not talking about just the US and, and, uh, and Europe, but if you look at Southeast Asia, China, Latin America, it's really awful. Deaths on the road are, according to the World Health Organization, one of the top ten killers in the world. You imagine if you had one point four people killed on aeroplanes in a year, you'd never take a plane again. But we all ride our bikes, drive our cars, drive trucks. It's kind of a, a strange situation. And also in in, in lower and middle income countries, particularly lower income countries, it's one of the biggest child killers children from 5 to 16, and particularly people up to 30 as well. So it endangers people's lives globally.
0: It does, and I believe 90% of those road deaths are actually in low- and middle-income countries, if I remember correctly. So it is a tragedy.
1: We should perhaps just consider uh, Mexico and North America. Uh, The U.S. doesn't perform that well uh, with road deaths. I think they're about 12 per 100,000 people. Canada is about 6 and I think the US is about on on a par with Mexico so we shouldn't ignore the issue in the US as well
0: it is a concern and that we actually Nets has our conference coming up next week and we have the, the CEO and president from National Safety Council coming to talk about that issue because road safety in the. US is not where it needs to be that that's very true um, you know globally it's it's definitely an issue globally but in the US it's something we really need to be focusing on so agreed
1: with that the, the, the other thing why should companies be concerned about ESG it's basically good for business it's good for employees and society because I'm sure you'll be more efficient, Energy efficient, certainly, if you apply these principles, more compliant, your employees will be safer and society will be better. This kind of leads us into some of these reporting indices. You might be familiar with the Dow Jones Sustainability Index or FTSE for Good, or there's another one called Rebicoe. These are kind of the school reports of big companies. So often they apply and they fill in all the information and they get a rating like a school report. Work injuries are mentioned there. I don't believe there's anything specific yet on on road deaths, but I think there should be. And perhaps that's something we should be focusing on in the future. But there is one uh, measure that's quite interesting Again, I don't know how many people have heard of this. Is the UN global global sustainability goals, and there there is a clear indicator in there about road road deaths, which follows on. Actually, there's an, another project or goal in there called the Decade of Action, which is um, trying to reduce road deaths and injuries on the road by fifty percent in the next ten years. It's quite a target. But at least it's mentioned in there specifically in the the Global Sustainability Goals. So it's nice to know that somebody's thought about it and and put it in there in print. But again, not many people know about it, the Decade of Action. I think that's something also we should be promoting.
0: Yes, for sure. And actually NETS is part of that. Uh, We had a, a webinar recently talking about uh, some benchmarking with private sector organizations Uh, you can find that recording on our website actually Uh, talking about the role of private sector organizations toward that goal that having the road desk by 50 percent or by 2030 because that is such a it's a lofty goal but private sector organizations can play a part in that and so that kind of leads me to to my next question to talk about here, um, as I've mentioned, you know, Nets is part of the the United Nations Road Safety Collaboration. We've partnered with United Nations Road Safety Fund, and most more recently with the World Business Council for Sustainable Development as well. And all of these organizations we're partnering with them because of that Decade of Action for Road Safety goal under the the Sustainable Development Goals. And like you said, not everybody's familiar with these, but we're trying to get the word out that private sector organizations can help with this. So how how do these efforts, the, the ESG efforts and the UN global sustainability goals link to road safety? You've talked about, you know, the sustainability and for as an example, a lot of organizations don't necessarily include their fleet safety programs or road safety on their sustainability report. Um, I know a number of them do, but you know, that's just one example of, of an area where we can focus on. So how do these efforts tie into the UN goals
1: for road safety okay well a that's an excellent question because there's there's various points in there. there's about six points that actually um, touch on on these aspects but the key ones are reducing death and injury around the world particularly the death aspect as you rightly said before Susan there are more deaths and crashes in lower and middle income com- countries so companies that are global obviously probably need to do more and I think you're right, the private sector can do a lot, but I think for the moment, it doesn't get the recognition, I don't think, for the efforts that are made in that area. I mean, basically, we want to change driver behaviours. And as we've seen before, if we can change drivers' behaviour, typically, the main thing is reducing speed. That, as we know, as I mentioned in the, in the introduction, reduces fuel consumption, reduces uh, CO2. At the moment, fuel prices are absolutely th- through the roof. I don't know about in the States, but in Europe extremely expensive with what's going on in the Ukraine and if you've got reduced CO2 you're certainly contributing to um, helping climate change the other thing we also need to to, to look at is the um, vehicle purchasing about vehicles in um, emerging markets because there's big differences on on the, the standards of vehicles is that the right place to put this one or not
0: I absolutely think it's the right place because if, if we're not focused on the, the vehicle star ratings, the you know UN has the, the guidelines for vehicle purchasing. And then we also have Global NCAP, for example, with the star ratings for vehicles. And we need to be putting safer vehicles on the roads. And employers can have a huge impact on that by determining which vehicles they put in their fleets. So, yes, feel free to chat about that.
1: So one of the things we've noticed over the years is that the major motor manufacturers, they have double standards in... Uh, you can purchase one vehicle in one country and what appears to be exactly the same vehicle, say, in South Africa. And in fact, the specification is considerably different. For example, they might not put airbags, they might not put ABS in the vehicle in South Africa. Well, these are two key factors in saving life. And uh, the star rating of the vehicles... Uh, they've been challenged several times on this. Typically, it's said that the market doesn't need them or, or there's a price difference. And some people have said, well, the price, this price difference is actually minimal, $100 or $200. So should they be doing that? And big fleet owners, I think, can play a significant part in, in changing that in, in lower and middle income countries. It's typically the, 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 the major corporations that are buying the newer vehicles. So progressively, that they should be renewing their fleets with these higher spec vehicles. But they need to insist with the motor manufacturers that they have the same specs as they would in the US or in Europe. So there's some strange differences around the world that are really difficult to um, to understand. Um, I don't know whether you've seen the reports by the World Bank or the, or the Asian Development Bank. There's some interesting information there on the impact on GDP of road crashes in emerging markets, it's absolutely horrendous because you haven't got the road safety, you haven't got the infrastructure of insurance or or a welfare or social system. So if the breadwinner of a country uh, dies from a a road accident, the family can be absolutely (laughs) crushed, obviously morally, but financially. So I think there's there's a big impact that... um, Road crashes can have, and where commercial or global, or commercial or companies and uh, global uh, organisations can help considerably in in their efforts. One of the other things I, I noticed when I was at Nestle was it also helped with driver loyalty. If drivers felt they were being looked after, they were included in the whole driver safety process. It wasn't imposed on them, but they. Um, they were part of the, the, the implementation and the whole process. They really welcomed it. And from figures that I saw, the driver turnover improved quite considerably over the next few years. So there are all sorts of other aspects, I think, to driver safety that we don't necessarily recognise when we just talk about pff, safe driving. It's a lot broader than I think we initially think.
0: I agree. I think uh, to your point there about the driver buy-in, you know, being part of the whole process. And that starts at the top. That's where leadership has a big role in this. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure you know that from your experience. If leadership is providing the example and talking about why this is so important and they share, you know, what they do to drive safely, et cetera, the, that's where it starts. And then that's where you get the driver buy-in. And then you can have safer road safety programs because of it.
1: Totally agree. that The countries that did the best, uh, in, in my experience, were exactly was exactly that. There was leadership, commitment, and focus, and leading by example in those countries. And there, you can get some fantastic results if people are seen to be walking the talk.
0: Yes, and so as we've been talking about this with private sector organizations playing a role, you touched a little bit here on, um, you know, how can these companies have an impact on this? But let's let's expand on that a little bit. Um, safe system approach for example that's being talked about worldwide with road safety and we're focusing that on that here we're starting to focus on that in the US in terms of it's not just about the person in the car on the road you know it's about infrastructure it's about the laws it's about enforcement all these things so how how can a private sector organization have an impact on some of those areas related to ESG initiatives
1: well, some of those are pretty tricky. I always say there there is lobbying you can do, but some of them are kind of fundamental. Is perhaps I can give you a, a few examples. I think if you start at the pyramid, some of the things I think that are really critical to implementing a, a countrywide uh, road safety uh, approach. It's the laws of the land. The policing and, and enforcement is is also critical. because what's the point of the laws if they're not being policed and enforced? It's the, the infrastructure, um, education in general of the public. Road design is another critical critical point there. Uh, not that perhaps corporates can influence too much, but uh, just a couple of examples. In France, they, they introduced road traffic islands. And I think that's something you don't see too much in, in the US. But according to statistics, it drastically reduced the number of uh, crashes because rather than having a four-point junction... People had to slow down, take a bit of a right and a left before they went round the island. Ireland was a, was uh, the country of Ireland, not the island as in the road traffic island. Uh, was uh, an, another one. They had great data as to what was happening in their country, so you come back to data a bit to try and define where the issues are and where you you can spend the bucks to make make the biggest uh, biggest change. They have a lot of these four lane roads and they hadn't got a barrier down the middle, so they developed this sort of. Uh, Metal rope type um, fencing to separate the lanes to segregate. They also put in these posts, these junction definition posts, so people could see where to turn off clearly in 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 the dark. Apparently, again, these reduced um, uh, traffic accidents considerably. Infrastructure obviously is difficult for major companies to influence. You can in some circumstances because I, I saw it in 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 one of the companies I work for was um, if you'd had incidents coming out of your factory or warehouses, you might need to redesign the exits and entries to make them safer. One of the businesses went to the extent of actually putting in pavements uh, along the along the street where the big trucks came in and out to protect the, the pedestrians in a particular village. So it's another aspect. We think about road safety just being behind the vehicle, but it's the infrastructure and large companies that are, uh, using the roads considerably in a particular area, and they can see that the infrastructure is perhaps not where it should be. Can they work with the local community to make things safer, especially with, with crossings for kids if there are schools in the area? Uh, and this can be expanded as well. These this uh, safe to home, safe to school. Perhaps it's the other way around: safe to school, safe to home programs to get kids backwards and forwards to, um, to school.
0: Well, and I think that that ties into the social aspect that you've mentioned in the beginning here. This is corporate social responsibility. You know, what can your organization do in that area? For example, several of our companies uh, do the, the Helmets for Kids program and, and help support programs like that. So it's, it's about the community and, and keeping the community around your organization safe.
1: Yeah, I mean, another couple of examples on on that one, I saw there were four countries that stood out for me. was uh, the Philippines, Pakistan, Ghana, India and Brazil. That's five, isn't it? My maths has never been that good. But um, in India, for example, drivers are really poorly looked on. They're kind of low down the food chain. And uh, the factories there, they, they, um, they put in uh, toilet facilities, wash facilities, rest facilities for the, for the drivers. And they thought this was fantastic. And these were contract drivers. Uh, well, that gets us on to another good topic in a minute, con- contract drivers. But things like that really help, I think, m- make people feel valued. You, you're giving them support. You're giving them hygiene. It's basic stuff. And um, that needs to be sort of spread out. They're not just drivers, they're people as well and they need to be looked after
0: absolutely and that so you mentioned that that is the next topic i wanted to bring up here was talking about the the contractors the supply chain so we here at nets we are working towards uh, increasing our focus on that area because we are learning you know we we work with nets member companies that have very strong solid you know fleet safety programs but what about the third-party contractors that organizations are working with so how do organizations successfully push this this esg focused sustainable safe driving to their supply chains
1: well that's a good question it needs to be a partnership between your company and the contractors it will work some places and it won't work in in others if it's in perhaps a more developed economy it's going to be procurement will probably drive that with the health and safety people because you put it in the contract. This is the these are the things we want. It, it could include you know, the, the, the checks on the vehicles, the type of vehicles that are being used, the hours they work, the rest periods. So you're sort of putting the focus on on the contractor as well to look after the look after the drivers. You can also share with them your best practices and try to uh, help them along. I saw fantastic examples in in Ghana and in in, in the Philippines. Where well, this worked in, incredibly well, where the company worked with the contractors, and they did these fantastic presentations before and after these things had been been put in to try and improve driver safety. And I believe at the time we were using the uh, e uh, uh, eDriving's previous um, document to try and train the local drivers, and also helping them sort out restrooms, rest areas for the drivers, improving the vehicles, the walk-around each time you get in the vehicle, each day you get in the vehicle to check the tyres, this and that and the other. Uh, and that worked incredibly well. Yeah? A lot of loyalty from the contractors, and they were very proud to be associated with a, a major multinational. It helped them with their business because when they went to other customers, they said, look, we work for XYZ Company, and just the sheer professionalism of the business rose incredibly Another example was in, in Ghana. We had a conference there, a road safety conference in Ghana, and they had some of the local contractors there, and they very proudly stood up and were of the, the, the efforts that local Nestle had made to help them improve their business, the procedures they put in place, again, walking around the vehicles uh, and, and things like that. Another interesting one in, in, in Ghana, it's probably a total aside, but the, the head of the, the Nestle company there, he got Miss Garner to sit in on the conference and she'd got a live tweet about road safety. So mean, Miss Garner and a live tweet giving information to a, a Twitter feed was something something else. We'd never seen that before. How how well it went, I don't know, but it was an interesting aspect and somebody that had really thought about this to try and look at this in a, in a different way.
0: Fantastic, yeah. Um, great information here, Andrew. We're about the, at the end of our time here, but I wanted to just leave one last point here. And that is about how this is a collaboration. This has to be networking, sharing ideas. Global road safety, is it's a mission for all of us together. And so there are resources. There are organizations like NETS, like I mentioned, the United Nations Road Safety Fund, World Business Council for Sustainable Development. Another one, uh, we had a previous podcast with IRAP, the International Road Assessment Program. So a fantastic organization that is really working to make our roads safer around the world. So lots of great resources. And, and organizations that are working together and private sector companies are part of this. So um, I really appreciate your time and information today, Andrew. And thank you again to eDriving, our Nets Platinum sponsor, for hosting this today. And again, eDriving.com if you'd like more information about them. But Andrew, thank you very much for being w- with us today.
1: Pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening
0: to Let's Talk Now, Driving Change, a network of employers for traffic safety podcast for anyone and everyone who is dedicated to advancing road safety. Be sure to subscribe and tune in each month for new episodes.